Well, thank you for coming today to listen to the Viato podcast. My name is Mike Boyd, founder of Viato's iRecon, and I'm very happy to have Jade Terberry here today, Senior Director of Strategic Planning for Cox Automotive Consumer Solutions, Auto Trader, and Kelly Blue Book. How are you doing today, Jade? Mike, I'm fantastic. So glad to be here with you all today. Yeah, I've actually been looking forward to this. So as some of our listeners may or may not known, have known, we've spoken a couple different times on a few podcasts now. And I know that we've kind of scratched the surface and dabbled around what's going on in the market around service, fixed ops, you know, obviously a big hot topic right now and a great opportunity. But you have a lot to do with the KBB service and repair. So before we get into the KBB service and repair, I was wondering, can you kind of give me an idea of some things you're hearing out in the market? Yes, Mike. I too have been looking forward to it. And as we have um, bantered back and forth after a couple of our other live engagements and podcasts together, it does always feel like we just scratched the surface. And I think um, you know it's really important and exciting that we have time today to start to really dive into the weeds with our clients that are working through challenges and issues um, and really trying to redefine what their businesses and priorities look like for um, current state and then for the next couple of years. And so, you know, when it comes to the market in general, it's no surprise to all of us that there's still a tremendous amount of volatility. Uh, we see inventory levels starting to stabilize in some markets, uh, both on the, the used car side as well as the new car side. And um, we know one of the big changes that's occurring across the board in, in our not only our industry, but other industries for that matter, are consumer expectations have been permanently changed by the pandemic. And the way we all collect data, action on that data, use the data to decision make within our businesses, but more importantly, to provide customized experiences that the consumers now expect in every vertical, whether automotive or outside of automotive. And it's really changing and impacting everything. And, you know, I think one of the places where you and I've talked a lot um, on air and off is there's been this tremendous amount of focus for so many years for our clients on uh, the variable ops side of the business. Uh, and even though parts and service and accessory sales and efficiencies in their fixed ops departments have always been um, key and critical, but they were more on autopilot. Whereas we're really starting now to think about the ownership cycle as just as important, or in some cases for the stability of our businesses, more important then the purchase journey itself is that purchase life cycle is changing and as e-com is entering the marketplace. So, you know, the big pieces that I'm seeing are data is more important than it ever was before. Consumers' expectations are different. And we have to really decide as business owners and dealers how we're going to react and proactively engage to meet consumer demand and to use the data we have at our fingertips to create kind of that multi-pronged revenue approach to our businesses. So a couple of things you brought up there, and I agree because I'm hearing the same things. When you're talking about how the market has changed for what the consumers are demanding, can you give us a little bit deeper understanding, like what are those new or unmet needs that have surfaced? Because you're right, it has changed. Last couple of years, you could sit at home. Obviously, a lot of people didn't want to travel as much. So they got used to doing everything digitally, but how's that translate over into engaging with the dealerships? 
Yes, such a good question. And one of the interesting anomalies that I think we're seeing across the board with how consumers are actually interacting with digital automotive tools and experiences is a lot of what we're seeing in the consumer research, like the things that they tell us are really important, of utmost importance for how they're going to transact either to purchase a vehicle or how they're going to interact to service a vehicle, maintain a vehicle, act upon a recall. Um, we see that sometimes what they're saying is actually different than what we see in the data that they're doing. And I think that that is a really important call out because, you know, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about the lifetime value of a customer. And we know all of our clients, um, they, they want three things first and foremost, sell more cars, make more money and create more loyal lifetime customers. And that loyal lifetime customer piece falls very heavily on the service and maintenance retention side. Um, but what we see in that consumer data is they're telling us on paper and in surveys that uh, trust matters more than anything else. They would love to service at the place in which uh, they purchase their vehicle. They have a relationship with a place where they've gone for many years. But what we're seeing is that as the market has started to open back up and people are getting more into routines of normalcy in their business or work life, in their kids back in school, um, what we find is that they still are putting comfort and convenience, you know, things that we've always known in this business, make people um, take action and make decisions and either be loyal or disloyal to um, a service department or um, a sales department in the automotive space, uh, that you have to be available to meet their timelines right now. And so some of those things, even on automotive retailing side, where they're telling us trust matters, brand reputation matters, but even more important, when it comes to the fixed stop side, it's right here, right now. Can you give me the experience that I want? Which means I want to research, compare, take action from sitting on my couch or um, sadly sitting in traffic, holding a mobile device uh, while I'm, I'm riding in an Uber. Like they want to be able to do all those things. And they are taking that digital connection the ability to move through the experience digitally and to do it on their schedule right now as things are starting to pile back on them in their work life more than they have in the last few years. And so that digital presence is just imperatively important because at any time in this business, regardless of whether it's fixed ops, variable ops, nothing is static, especially with all of the volatility we have right now. So at any moment, you are either gaining market share or losing it. You're either giving it to your competitor or you're taking it from them. And we all have to be thinking in that mindset as we think about this digital experience and what consumers want from us and how we connect with them. So you brought up a few things there. So one was, of course, trust. They have to trust you, right? To do business with someone, you need to trust them. Uh, concentrating on comfort and convenience and then being available to meet their timelines and expectations. And then you leverage that obviously as the digital experience. So make sure they have access to get the jobs they need done digitally without having to come in or to physically engage. Correct. You got it. So now let's move into the KBB service and repair. So I do not, I have a good baseline understanding, but not super deep. And that's one of the things I wanted to go over. 
because these are the same things that I'm hearing from the dealerships I engage with mm -hmm. is that the consumer of old is gone. Like, you know, like all things they have to change and especially in the last couple of years. And I'm seeing a big push to modernize the fixed ops departments on how they're marketing and how they're merchandising their goods on their own websites. But how does a dealer or why should a dealer leverage KBB service and repair? And what, what would that do? Yeah. So Mike, when consumers first started shopping online for automotive listings to buy a car, you know, think how long ago this has been. I mean, you're talking, you know, 20, 20 plus years ago on the auto trader side. Um, when consumers started interacting with digital retailing tools on the purchase side, you know, we're talking eight, nine, 10 years ago, really aggressively in the last five, six years. Um, how consumers are starting to adopt e-commerce on the automotive side, um, you know, this full virtual digital purchase. Um, one thing we learned through all of those adoption cycles and adoption curves from consumers was that it takes a really long time for consumer behavior to change. And so interestingly to us, when we rolled out what was originally the KBB service and repair product a, a few years ago, um, it was a very light, uh, I won't call it a test, but it was, um, we knew it was going to be important for us to start breaking down some of the barriers that exist, um, first for our franchise dealers, because- It's you know, that old thinking, right? It is, it is. You know, consumers think servicing at a dealership is more expensive than servicing with an independent um, for a number of reasons that we all know. And I'm sure you'll ask some questions and we'll get into that later in today's segment. But ultimately we, we put this button out there and just let me give you an example. Normally when we put a new feature on one of our consumer platforms or experiences, it takes us big dollars and long periods of time to get consumers to interact with it. We have to educate, we have to drive them to it. We have to be really deliberate about where we place the calls to action. And what we found over the first 12 or so months that, that the service and repair experience was live in the marketplace, of course, now that is our full suite of KBB service advisor products, which is truly a consumer ownership experience. But when we started and we put these buttons out there, we were absolutely blown away pre-COVID. And then, of course, um, exponentially amazed by the amount of organic growth and activity, hundreds of percent increase in the consumers that were coming through that platform, revisiting that platform on a monthly basis. We very organically went from, you know, couple thousand users a month interacting through that KBB portal that started with just a really simple button on the main header tab at the top of the KBB um, homepage experience to millions of consumers on a monthly basis coming there and coming again and again and using it to do things we had seen them do for years on the purchase side, but they had just never had anywhere to do that on the fixed stop side at any kind of scale. And you know, so we started with offering just this kind of full set of all of the dealerships where you could potentially get your vehicle serviced. And of course, one of the most valuable pieces of the Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book code bases are 
the amount of consumer data that we have, literally billions of data points. You know, we know at any given time for 90 to 95% of households in America, you know, we know where they're servicing, how they're servicing, what vehicles they have in their garage, how they shop, when they're going to purchase yeah, again. Consumer confidence in yeah. the brand. So that's that's right. What the trade people. cycle looks like. But all of those consumer data points that we have power these really relevant personalized search experiences, both for listings and now for service. And so the, the engine that serves the dealer cards or the ability to schedule a service through KBB Service Advisor for a consumer um, you know, it gives them the dealership that is closest to them, the dealership that can service or offers the type of repair they're looking for. But not only does it give them the ability to directly connect with our participating service advisor dealers, but it also gives them that KBB transparency in the amount of the price that they're going to pay. Um, you mentioned a few minutes ago, um, even though I think, you know, it's one of the most incredible things we've ever released to the consumer because it gives the consumer the ability to digitally do all of these ownership things on their, their fleet of vehicles that they own to really understand maintenance costs versus trade cost, um, what a repair should cost, how quickly can they get it done, can they get it picked up at their doorstep, um, can they look at preferred dealers that they or service um, locations that have specials on the, the type of service that they, they need to have completed timely. But it also gives um, the ability for this group of clients that are participating, the ability to track. And you know, we mentioned that in the beginning, like time is money, dollars are money. And we've said it over and over, but fixed operations, even though all of our clients know it's more than half of their profitability, and it's probably one of the most important revenue streams they have in their business today. But it's been an area where they've used very traditional media sources to promote um, their fixed operations department in the past. So that would be um, you know, billboards or Valpac coupons or mailers or um the digital things they have done in the past have been really costly and really casting a wide net. Why in the world would you pay for paid search on a type of um, specific service that you're paying, you know, three, five, seven plus dollars per click to drive it there uh, when you now have this ability to tap into the power of um, a an ownership experience where consumers who are ready, willing, and able and looking to schedule service and are considering connecting with whoever can meet their needs as soon as possible at the right price, it, you know, it just, it's changed the entire shopping experience. And it's really opened up this tremendous market share play that exists that is just so important that we keep top of mind right now. Market share so it is sounds like, everything. So it sounds like the biggest piece of this for the consumer, because that's where it all starts, mm -hmm. right? You have to get that consumer confidence in the information. And I still, of course, have lots of people I've either engaged with, uh, related to, or just know me and are asking me, hey, you know, I need to get this done on my car. What's mm -hmm. this usually run? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned earlier that it is common for someone to believe that it is more expensive to go to the franchise dealer to have service repairs done. So when you're talking about that consumer confidence and, of course, uh, leveraging that digital experience and letting them do the shopping from their phone or home. So are the dealers who are participating, I assume they're 
putting prices out there or that's a best practice? Yeah, so best practice, um, they, they don't have to, but most of them are and are incredibly pleased with the results they're seeing because what you have is the KBB um, fair repair range. So if you think about everybody knows KBB price range, um, KBB price advisor, the little fan that shows um, red and green uh, for a vehicle purchase, um, we're doing the same thing with that same data science and logic behind it where we're collecting regionally by DMA, by zip code, millions and millions of ROs on a monthly basis and updating those fair repair ranges regularly so that it gives the consumer confidence that they know what they're going to pay for dealers that are publishing their price. And also, as I said earlier, you know, it gives a really unique opportunity for a client to post real-time specials on their dealer card for areas where, you know, if they're doing a special on oil changes or, you know, a recon add-on, a car wash or tires or a rotation, they actually have the ability now. And again, they're putting these messages in front of, in market, ready to take action, consumers who are searching to schedule an appointment now and just want that extra added price validation. And there's no stronger brand to leverage than the KBB brand to do that. Right. And it's that security of knowing that it's out there because we're all told, you know, you believe what you see, not what you hear. So uh, this sounds very reminiscent going back uh, a couple of years, at least uh, when provision first came out and you had a lot of hesitation from dealers to post their prices and to really look at their pricing strategy as a way to attract customers. And then what we saw was that the dealers who really started looking past their own backyard and looking at the bigger play, the bigger opportunity, mm -hmm. and then being very free with the information, it gave them a lot of insight into really how to harness that opportunity, how to appeal to, you know, like I said, a lot further outside their own backyard. So I'm assuming it's the same type of play with service and repair rather than them having to call in or hoping they come in and visit you, which we know they do, but there's a lot of people who don't because they just do not have the information. They believe it's more expensive. They just don't know how to engage with the dealer. Are you seeing that? We are. You know, transparency is the key word that all consumers, regardless of the experience, the ones that are um, in-store versus online, um, going through your service drive or coming in to have their, their vehicle valued for a, an outright purchase, even if they aren't trading. Transparency and database decision-making is just as important to a consumer or more important than anything else that is part of their decision-making criteria today for who they do business with. And I remember the days when dealers were laughing at me for, you know, when we talked about one price unit, you know, one price vehicle sales, putting your best price, your best foot forward out there because of attracting consumers from further away that were researching and shopping digitally, you know, it took a while for dealers to really grasp that and what we're seeing. And funny enough, it's even a different conversation today versus a year and a half or two years ago um, with dealers that at first were really questioning 
offering this type of price transparency on the fixed stop side um, because they were saying, you know, occasionally before our data set got as large as it is right now, because at first, you know, we weren't looking regionally in every single market. There wasn't a big enough volume or statistically significant RO data for every type of service out there to collect it on a regional basis or by brand. And, um, and so dealers were saying, you know, we there's a price out there that's $25 less than what I'm charging for X. But what we have found is as the data sets have grown, our clients are actually far more profitable because not only um, are they, they getting that, but there's a level of trust that is increasing the the dollars for every RO that's coming through their service department, because we know a lot of people, I mean, there is still a tremendous amount of pent up demand um, on maintenance and recall, tons of recalls that are still sitting out there that for every dealership that gets a swing at bat at one of those recalls, we know that those RO dollars associated with all of the other things that they are now able to sell and upsell and connect with a consumer that is a swing at bat to purchase a vehicle, acquire a vehicle, sell a vehicle, and create that loyal lifetime customer that we know is the you bread just, and butter and yeah, stability. You just of mentioned our what I was going to go to yeah. uh, when you're talking about. So there's a lot of pinup demand, mm-hmm. which we know right now that there is not a surplus of new cars and not necessarily a surplus of used cars. So there's quite a few people who are outside their norm and trade in cycle or mm-hmm. lease return cycle. So that means that those services and repairs that they weren't accustomed to doing because they were just going in and trading out and getting the newer model, they're now out there shopping. So this is a great way to not only engage with that consumer the way they want to be engaged with, but that's, I mean, we could go into a whole nother segment talking about, you know, how do you stock your lot when it's either the auction or very few trade-ins, your best opportunity to acquire a decent vehicle for resale is through your service lane. So it's one hand feeds the other. Yeah, you bet it is. And that one hand feeds the other is a big piece of this overall equation. Um, And we may be saving this for a later segment. So I'll give really high level comments. And then you can uh, tell me if we want to dive in today or let's schedule the next one to talk through it. But, you know, as a dealer or an operator today, determining how you service that external customer versus the internal customer in your used car department. Um, That is such a key piece of figuring out how you stabilize that fixed stops revenue stream, how you determine kind of where it falls in the priorities and the allocation of your profit goals, both gross, margin, and net for the overall future of your business and that market share footprint that you're trying to grow for the long term. Who are you today? Who do, who do you want to be? But I think that that's a key area, Mike, that I know we both could talk forever is um, you've got to figure out how to weigh servicing the internal customer versus meeting the needs of the external customer, because that external customer is critical for you having those swings at bat to acquire a vehicle. And even if you don't have a new car to sell them, sell them a certified pre-owned, but you've got to take vehicles in on trade to have an opportunity to sell that car. And then you've got to get them to market quickly, which is how, how are you managing your used car department and where it fits within your ability to service a consumer right now, like we talked about in the beginning, is key to gaining that market share, being available 
when they are ready to have that service completed right at their fingertips. Right. And looking at that uh, available profit margin, a 50 plus percent comes from a fixed ops department. is definitely something that we need to pay more attention to in this current market. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I definitely think we'll have a follow-up meeting because I think there's a lot more here we can talk about, but I want to get a better idea on that KBB service and repair because it was just very interesting the more I learn about it. So if one of our listeners would like to learn more about it, how would they, who would they reach out to and what would you recommend they do? Yes, Mike. So they can reach out to their auto trader, Kelly Blue Book rep. Um, I'll also share with you that you can post in the comments here um, the KBB B2B site that they can visit for more information. Uh, but their, their auto trader and Kelly rep that they talk to about their their listings package and um, all of the, the ways that they put their brand in front of consumers digitally, that's the same rep that's going to help them and connect them with the KBB team to ensure that they are making those same consumer connections with a real-time in-market ready-to-service right now audience and offering that level of transparency and the ability to surface those real-time specials um, to consumers in their marketplace that probably wouldn't have known about them otherwise. Give them that market share advantage. Yeah, and really leverage the KBB brand awareness. I mean, mm -hmm. customers trust it. They know it. We know dealers all across the country are having great success with our Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. So it's just one more way to appeal to the consumer in the way they want to be appealed to and the way they want to be engaged with. Well, thank you again, Jade. I appreciate you taking the time out to speak with me. And please, everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. And please look forward to our next podcast. This is Mike Boyd with Viato's iRecon. Thank you very much.